Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Katie F., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Tuesday, November 21st, 2023, and today we are reading from the big book, and we are in the forward to the second edition. Since the original forward to this book was written in 1939, ending with sprung up in other communities. Today's readers are, and thank you for your service, for the 12 steps, we'll have Leah S. And for the 12 traditions, Chris W. Reading the text are Rena L. and Susan S.H. The newcomer greeter is Betsy P. And the host of the second hour is Barb W. The reference numbers for Monday in a meeting is 20,848. That's 20848. And for the 10 a.m. meeting, it's 20,849. That's 20849. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Leah S. to read the 12 steps of OA. Thank you very much. One. We admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and, when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we try to carry this message to overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Pass. Thank you, Leah. I will now ask Chris W. to read the 12 traditions. Hi, this is Chris W. from Nashville. Chris with the K. 1. 
Our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon AA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants do not govern. Someone's blowing their nose, so they're unmuted. (laughs) Um, Three, the only requirement for AA membership is a desire to stop drinking. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Each group has but one primary purpose, to carry the message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, and film. 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me serve. Thank you so much, Chris W. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overreaders only. Our absence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. And today we resume our study of the big book We're in the forward to the second edition, the first paragraph, since the original forward to this book was written, ending with twos and threes and fives of us have sprung up in other communities. And I will ask Rena L. to begin reading. Thank you. Hi, this is Rena L., recovered compulsive overeater and anorexic from Toledo, Ohio. Forward to the second edition. Figures given in this forward describe the fellowship as it was in 1955. Since the original forward to this book was written in 1939, a wholesale miracle has taken place. Our earliest printing voiced the hope that every alcoholic who journeys will find the Fellowship of Alcoholics Anonymous at his destination. Already, continues the early text, twos and threes and five of us have sprung up in other communities. (sighs) All right, what to say? Uh, So a miracle, 
and I haven't always written when I do this, when I go through the book, but a wholesale miracle that's available to all of us, right? Uh, and a miracle is defined you know, as an extraordinary event in a physical world that surpasses all known human power and is attributed to the presence of some ultimate or divine power. Uh, and so for me, when I first came to meetings, my first meeting, very first meeting, I didn't believe when someone announced that they had a few weeks of not binging, I didn't believe them. I thought, if you have what I have, you can't get 24 hours. Second or third meeting, um, something, something really radical had changed, right? Something was different, an extraordinary event. Uh, alcohol allowed me, right, before I entered any rooms, 12-step rooms, alcohol allowed me to keep a secret that one, how alone I was, and two, how terrified I was when I was with people, and how alone I was even when I was with people. But food kept a secret for myself how alone I was when I was actually alone, right? And a secret that I wasn't okay, that I was in fear and terrified and miserable. And when I got, and I, and I couldn't get near people. And my first miracle of OA, the first unexplainable event, is that I met people that I really felt I can be myself with. Who I was when I was alone, who I was when I was with the food, who I, all of, who, who was underneath all of it, right? Who I thought I really was and that, that there was all there was to me that I had to keep a secret <laughs> from me and you. Um, I finally met people that I can be myself. And some of the people I met even in those first meetings are still people that are in my life today, you know, 20 years later. It is, that is the first inexplicable event. Because I, I, I couldn't let people near me before that. The next miracle is that there were years in this program where I wasn't willing to do so many things. And suddenly, right, a couple of years ago, I became willing to do things I had never done before. I let go of fighting everything, right? Not only using the tools, but the idea of a higher power. It, I suddenly let go of trying to understand. I tried letting go of, did I feel God? Do I, do I know what God is? Do I understand God? And I just made a decision. I surrendered. That's an inexplicable event without some great mystery. You know. And then that I became willing to work the steps out of the big book and go to this meeting and do so many things, right? Was that, is that, that's a great miracle, right? Inexplicable. Things I wasn't willing to do before. And there's just no other explanation, right? At first, I, I wanted to say that the great miracle was that I'm, I'm abstinent and free today of this disease, of, of the symptoms of this disease. I'm not cured, but I have a daily reprieve. Um, but there's so many miracles along the way, including for how it changed me and who I am, even when no one's watching, how I feel, what I do, who I want to be. I'm just very grateful, like so grateful. Uh, and I just look forward to hearing from all of you. Thank you. Thank you, Rena L., for getting us started. So if you just joined us, we're in the forward to the second edition on page XV, um, reading that first paragraph since the original forward. And who we haven't shared in the last two days, um, we ask you to hold Katie back D. if you have. Sorry, and uh, I got you, Katie. Um, and so who else would like to share on this paragraph? Nancy Everybody. R. Kelly S. Rosie W. Nancy R. Um, okay, just one second. <clears throat> yeah, we're on page XB, the forward to the second edition. 
Okay. Um, I have Katie G, Nancy R, Kelly S. Who Ashley Larry K. Ashley Larry. Larry. Uh, someone Rosie w, w. Who was that? Nancy Rosie W. w. Rosie I'm w. sorry. Could you? Rosie. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Thank you. Michelle P. Michelle P. Okay, and Ashley, I did not get your initial, but otherwise, this is who I heard, Katie G, Nancy R, Kelly S. Ashley, I didn't write down the initial, Larry K, Rosie W, and Michelle P. Excuse me, go ahead, please, Katie. Hey, Katie, thanks for taking the meeting. Sorry, I stomped all over your voice. Uh, this is Katie G, Recovered and Not Cured in Boston, Mass. Um, yeah, so the other day I read why get confused. What's a forward? What's a preface? So a forward tells me why I should read this book. And so reading today is that I should read this book because there are people who are finding God, right? Again, we find the Fellowship of Alcoholics Anonymous. Note that it's capitalized, which for me means God. God with skin on, God working in me. And why do I need God? Because I was born with that feeling before I used, like I needed a good hot fudge Sunday on the way into kindergarten. Because before I was binging, I chronically felt that hole in the soul that I should be somebody else doing something else with some other people at some other time and food and starving myself and going to the exercise club in sixth grade and dieting and, and weighing myself chronically. Those things gave me a sense of ease and comfort, not the real ease and comfort, but they gave me a sense of ease and comfort that Okay, I can be in my skin for 30, for, for 30 seconds, but the problem is that it never lasted longer than 30 seconds. In fact, once I started eating that hot fudge sundae, I got hungry, right? Like normal people, they eat a hot fudge sundae, they're fine, but I would get hungry. And today, I can tell you, God has entered into my mind and my heart in a way that is indeed miraculous. And it has happened as the result of these 12 steps. Like, as we hear all the time, this book is not God. This book is the treasure map that's going to lead me to God. And I just want to share some miracles that have happened in my life. I, um, I'm an exercise bulimic, as you all know. And um, for years, I have been in bondage to an Apple Watch. I would look at it. I would I need to get the gold on it. A little Apple Watch literally told me if I was okay, if I was good enough, if I was thin enough, if I was a good mom, if I was a good wife, like I'm not even kidding. It would dictate my day. And thanks be to God, I made one change. And for some reason, God was like, bye-bye. And it's so funny because like behaviors can come up for me and I will try and try. I will six and seven those behaviors until kingdom come. And then all of a sudden I do one thing and God just does these things for me. And, and what's so amazing today is not just that I fit into my skin, but I see other people. Like God is doing everything for me. I have moved from, from um, a, a, a me-centered, let me be comfortable, anonymous person to an other-centered person. And that is why I should read this book because this book talks about how many miracles are exploding all over Overeaters Anonymous. And with that, I pass. Thank you, KDG. Nancy R., you're up, followed by Kelly S. 
Good morning, Nancy R. from Northwest Illinois, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Um, grateful to be on the meeting this morning. Um, what I am getting out of reading the forward is um, how quickly the fellowship um, began, even though it was small. And um, you know, like from a beginning to writing and printing uh, a book, um, you know, within that, you know, a brief amount of time and growing um, the way it grew early on and, you know, to what we have today. I am feeling especially grateful this morning. I, um, my abstinence date is November 21st, 2021. So I am celebrating two years today of freedom from this crazy disease. And that doesn't mean that I don't have um, that strange twist of the mind. I have it many times throughout most, if not all days. But um, the truth for me today is that through working the steps as outlined in this big book and working with a recovered sponsor and sponsoring others, and, um, you know, uh, yeah, th- that, you know, and doing the steps daily. Um, I have more recovery today than I've ever had in my life. And uh, I am so grateful for that. And, um, you know, it means so much, um, like Katie was just saying, you know, like I'm a different person and I'm only that different person because of um, this program and what it asks me to do in order to keep my sanity. And so, you know, like following the directions and being willing and God doing for me what I could never do for myself. Like, um, you know, I I was in an over, I was in about a five year relapse, horrible, horrible relapse two years ago when I put the food down. And finally said yes to my higher power, who is um, continually asking me, telling me, continually telling me the answer to my prayer, which is, what do I do? And, you know, call this person, call this recovered person on the Vision for You meeting and ask that person to be your sponsor. And I'd be like, you know, I don't want to sponsor. And then another time when I got that leading, I'd be like, yeah, you know, God, that's a really great idea if I wanted a sponsor, but I don't want a sponsor. I'm not doing this work anymore. And that's how deep in my disease I was. I knew what the answer was, and I wasn't willing to do any of it. I saw what um, a good friend of mine in program had, and I saw the way that she got there, and I was saying no for years. And God did for me what I could not do for myself. Time, please. And changed my life um, two years ago today. So I'm extremely grateful. That's all I have. Thanks. Thank you. And congratulations on two years. That's awesome. Okay, Kelly S., you're up, followed by Ashley. Good morning, Katie. Thanks for your service. It's Kelly S., um, Recovered Compulsive Eater and Bulimic in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I really appreciate uh, the opening reader and sharing that definition of miracles. Um, I wish we were on Zoom. I'd say, put that in the chat. Um, I need that definition. Anyway, um, yeah, I mean, of course, we all, well, um, gratefully, hopefully, we all have had some miracles in our lives, and, and I definitely have because of this program. And 
yeah, I just want to share that um, for the newcomer and the, um, anybody out there struggling in relapse like I did for 40 years in these rooms that um, I am a miracle today, you know, uh, maintaining 125-pound weight loss and have struggled with that my whole life, not binging and purging, you know, numerous times a day, which I have since I was 18, right? Um, another huge miracle is um, today I fit myself to be of maximum service to God and, and my fellows, which means um, what do those people need from me? That's a miracle. You know, I've always said I do service, right, for people, but I did service that was convenient, that made me feel good. But fitting myself to others, that's a huge miracle because I'm telling you guys I'm still selfish to my core. And so I do things today that I'm like, who is this person, right? It's crazy. You know, it's crazy to be maintaining normal body weight, to eat, you know, uh, you know, normal weight and measure food, to feel neutral. Um, just all of it's crazy. I, I really sometimes can't even believe this is my life sometimes. I'm like, I was telling my wife yesterday, I'm like, if I hadn't lived this life, I wouldn't believe it, the, the, the gifts and miracles. But I wanted to talk a little too about this wholesale miracle it's talking about, about this group. I mean, when you look at this book, you have to know this was divinely inspired. And when you look at the growth of our fellowship, I mean, oh my God, I mean, these two guys and this thing just blew up. It's like, oof. It just went, and it just it had to be a miracle. It's unexplainable. You know, it's crazy. And how did this happen? Because people were willing to carry the message. Yesterday on the meeting, a lady said that her sponsor said, do you know why I'm doing this work with you? I'm doing this so that you can carry this message to others. And I thought, what? I mean, I get it. I've heard that. But for some reason, it sounded more powerful. We're doing this work today so that you can go on and carry the message. Because you know why? That's how this grew and blew like wildflower. That's why it continues to grow. That's why this vision for you meeting has gone from, you know, I started listening to it 10 years ago. There was like less than 100, and now every morning there's over 400, right? Because why? We continue to carry this message. So, yes, we have daily personal miracles, but my responsibility today is I go through this work to find this relationship with God, and now I owe it to God. I owe it to this 12-step program. I owe it to this fellowship to carry this message to the still-suffering compulsive overeater. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Katie. Thank you, Kelly. Okay, Ashley, you're up, followed by Larry Kay. Good morning, Ashley F., Recovered Compulsive Overeater, uh, calling from Kentucky. And I wanted to share today um, because this sentence about their hope when they wrote this in 1939, the hope was that every alcoholic who journeys will find a fellowship at his destination. And in 2000, and well, in 1999, I was handed a big book, and it was suggested that I work it around this uh, food issue. Six years later, uh, seven years later, 2006, I walked into an OA meeting uh, because the book by itself wasn't enough for me. Uh, I mean, because I was in, well, we could start going on with that, but let's not. So <laughs> I walk into my first OA meeting in 2006, and my first sponsor there, who was physically recovered, and honestly for me, that's to me what recovery meant at the time. Her physical body was in such a shape that I didn't believe it was even possible for her to have been where I was physically in terms of her weight. And 
said to me when I would get ready to travel, I traveled a lot. She said, find a meeting, anchor your program, anchor your trip around what meetings you're going to go to. And I was like, what? There are meetings everywhere? And um, there are. I found myself in October of the next year in San Francisco, California, for a trip. I had been uh, at a, a maximum, the maximum amount of time I'd been able to put together abstinent was three weeks, three weeks, three weeks, and I would relapse. And I walked into a meeting in San Francisco, and I saw the second example of the program showing up in the fellowship, and a woman was in that room. It was a nice, large meeting, super early in the morning in San Francisco, and I was going to any length at that stage in my recovery. And um, I got the phone number of this more than a year later um, when I was at an OA convention, and, and a fellow had said, you know, I, I eat chocolate, and it works great for me. And I'm in the elevator thinking, maybe I could do that. Could I do that? Can I do that? Maybe I could do that. And I call this fellow, and we talk, short conversation. In that same time frame, I meet a woman in Tennessee who I see the program. I didn't know that at the time, but I see the freedom, the gift. Um, through the fellowship, I see the program in, in a living example through this woman in Tennessee as well as I'm traveling. And fast forward to 2022, when um, I had been beaten, as the book described, into a state of reasonableness by the disease, despite being in the rooms and in the fellowship, and these two examples of these women emerge back into my life without me even realizing that that's going to happen. Time, um, please. And thank you. And they're working this program, and it is the fellowship across the country, even in India, you know, in Alaska, all over the globe. If I am somewhere, this has come true. The fellowship is everywhere, even in Over Ears Anonymous, and I see the truth. Um, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much, Ashley F. Okay, Larry K., you're up, followed by Rosie W. And let me just say for a moment, if you've just joined us, we are in the forward to the second edition on page XV, uh, reading the first paragraph since the original forward. Go ahead, Larry. Thank you. Good morning, Katie. Good morning. It's Larry K., Recovered Compulsive Reader from Chicago. Um, you know, twos and threes and fives, fives of us have, have kind of sprouted up from early times. You know, the growth of, of the fellowship of Alcoholics Anonymous we're reading about, and of course, of course, uh, in OA, you know, for me, it's analogous. It's like watching a beautiful garden, um, flourish. You know, if you, if you can imagine, if you will, a garden that starts with just a few seeds being planted in the earth. And it, at first the sprouts are, you know, they're fragile, and, and it's hard to imagine that the garden's ever going to become something uh, miraculous, something magnificent. But as time goes on, and if the seeds are nurtured with care, the garden begins to grow, and soon it's it's bursting with life, and it's bursting with color and diversity. And and similarly, the uh, the early days of AA may have been uncertain and challenging, and, and same with OA. And 
you know, a small group of individuals coming together to support one another just to what? To stop drinking, like, we, you know, to stop eating in our case. But more, the more and more people joined and if people get well, in other words, they're nurtured. Um, it was as if each new member was a new seed being planted in the soil of the fellowship. And we need that with nurturing and with care and dedication. This fellowship begins to grow and thrive. And, um, you know, my dad used to go to the Chicago Botanical Garden. You know what? It opened 1965. That It was a tiny little garden. If you were to go see it today, it's a beautiful, beautiful garden like so many. And when I got back from Italy, and, and again, little seeds, tiny little seeds in the fellowship. They were in Rome, and they came together. And some lived up in Milan, and some were in small little communities. And someone came from Dublin and flew in and someone came from here and from there and Sicily and all over. And these little seeds came together and they were nurtured and they were sprouted and they had sunlight, the sunlight of the spirit in our case, right? What a miraculous thing that this is. But if it's not nurtured, uh, the garden cannot flourish. And this is the, this is the, the, you know, the charge that all of us have to contribute with our experiences to see that the garden is nurtured. Right, it's watered, it's taken care of. Such gratitude for that. With that, I pass, Katie. Thanks so much for your service, Katie. Thank you, Larry. Okay, Rosie W., you're up, followed by Michelle P. Thank you, Katie. Uh, Rosie W. here, recovered compulsive reader in the UK. Um, it's. <laughs> I just love I love reading these forwards, just seeing these extraordinary things happening, um, you know, written back then in real time. And each, you know, each each time a new edition is published, they, you can just hear the the, the joy and gratitude um, that these extraordinary things are happening at these, you know, the mushrooming process um, continued, which allows me to live free of food today. Um, I'm so grateful. And yeah, I just wanted to chime in with my own gratitude at my own wholesale miracles and um, that my own journeys where I found AA um, in my journey in life. You know, I found the 12 steps. It just, you know, when I think back to it now, the extraordinary series of coincidences that led to me being 12 stepped, um, that could only have been because of the presence of God in my life that I didn't know about then. Um, early in my recovery, this was 14 years ago now. Um, I moved to Buenos Aires on a geographic that I'd planned before coming into recovery and um, and I found them, a bunch of um, recovering alcoholics who met and um, held an English speaking meeting every single day of the week. And I moved to that city not knowing a soul. And within days I had friends, um, not just friends, but fellows um, with whom I could continue to um, perfect and enlarge my spiritual life. They remain amongst my friends today. Um, what an incredible bunch of people who just made it happen every single day of the week. Um, and then came my wholesale miracle as well. Um, and I was, I was talking to a sponsee about this the other day. Um, my wholesale miracle is just it's described so beautifully uh, by Silkworth on page um, 29 of the doctor's opinion. Once a psychic change has occurred, the very same person who seemed doomed, who had so many problems, he despaired of ever solving them suddenly finds himself easily able to control his desire for alcohol. The only effort necessary being that required to follow a few simple rules. And, you know, I went from somebody who was dying of compulsive overeating, and I really was dying not just spiritually but physically. I was, I was very unwell by the time I found these rooms. Um, 
I went overnight from somebody who could not stop eating, who was crying at the same time and begging out loud to stop, to somebody who was able to just stop, to somebody who had um, three abstinent meals and an abstinent snack and that was it, and who was able to get through life with that amount of food, no matter what. It's it's a wholesale miracle and for that I'm incredibly grateful. But yeah, I need to also ensure that um, every alcoholic who journeys will find the Fellowship of Alcoholics Anonymous at his destination or for me, my, you know, OA and my other fellowships. And how do I do that? I mean, yes, I show up at meetings and I try to be of service and of course I'm sponsoring. Um, but I've really tried in recent years to to speak openly with people out there in, in the world um, about my spiritual malady and about the solution I found here. If, you know, if it comes up naturally in conversation. Please. Thank you. And to never try and sell this solution, but to just live it and be an example. And sure enough, eventually, sometimes one, two, three years later, I will hear from somebody who wants to know more. And that's a wholesale miracle, too. Thanks for letting me share our pulse. Thank you, Rosie. Okay, Michelle P., you're up, and then we'll ask for more people to share on the first paragraph in the forward to the second edition. Go ahead, Michelle. Good morning, everyone. Michelle P. here, uh, Recover Compulsive Eater in Rhode Island. Um, and yes, uh, this paragraph, the first part, the wholesale miracle that has taken place. Uh, it just, it actually came to me this morning, and I didn't even know we were reading this paragraph. I hadn't looked yet, but I had thought, I woke up this morning. Oh, so first, 16 months ago, when I had my first day of abstinence, I have been um, abstinent for 16 months now through the steps recovered sponsoring. But 16 months ago, I was staying up till 2, 3 in the morning um, while my family, my husband, and the kids slept, and I was sitting on the couch watching TV binge eating, I'd fall asleep, I'd wake up, I'd eat, watch TV, fall asleep. And I would do that until two, three in the morning because I didn't want the next day to come. Um, I'd finally go to bed because I'd be like, all right, I have to get up at six for work, so I should go to bed now. And every morning I'd wake up and vow that I wouldn't do that again. And every day was like Groundhog Day. I would do the same thing again. And I was trying to escape life. I didn't want the next day to come. I hated everything and everybody in my life, and I just didn't want to, to live it. Fast forward to today. The miracle is I woke up this morning 20 minutes before my alarm went off, and I jumped out of bed. And it was a very early time. It was 4.40 a.m. Eastern time. And I got out of bed looking forward to the day. I, that, is, that is a miracle. That is not me. You know, the other miracle is that I would not step on the scale before because I didn't want to see the number because I knew that the weight was high and I didn't want to face the number anymore. Now I don't step on the scale because I forget to because the physical part of my recovery doesn't even mean anything anymore. And that has been great. I won't, I won't kid you. It is very nice to have the physical part. But I forget because I'm... My recovery means more to me, my spiritual recovery and my connection to my higher power and the peace that I have is more important to me than the physical part. And again, that is not me. That is a miracle. And so, you know, where it says that twos and threes and fives of us have sprung up, when I first came into the rooms over seven years ago, there was no Zoom. So there was a phone meeting and I had one in-person meeting locally. 
that was it. So I didn't have a personal connection to people. And, you know, COVID did terrible things, but it brought some good things. And that was the, you know, introduction of Zoom and Zoom meetings that I see personally people that I have a connection with that live all over, all over this country, outside of this country. And I have a personal connection. I see their faces. We talk. And that's amazing. And just the way that twos and threes and fives have sprung up among them in this book, that has sprung up among us to build our fellowship. And yesterday, the disease thoughts came into my mind, and I was disturbed. And what brought me out Time, please. was praying to my higher power, and he put the people in my life that I talked to that changed that all around. And thank you for letting me share. I passed. Thank you so much, Michelle P. Okay, if you haven't shared in the last two days and would like to share uh, on the forward to the second edition, the first paragraph since the original forward, that one paragraph, please give me your name and the first. Dana P. Dana P. Aaron K. Aaron K or Karen K? Aaron with an E. Okay, that's what I thought. Thank you. Jennifer C. Jennifer C. Stephanie R. Stephanie R. Okay. We can take a few more. Kathy okay, J. Nancy J. Kathy J. Kathy J. Kathy Toby and and Toby K. I got you, Toby. Okay, let's go with that lineup. Dana P, Aaron K, Jennifer C, Stephanie R, Kathy J, and Toby K. Go ahead, Dana. Good morning, Katie. Dana P here in California. Um, This is so amazing. you know, I was sitting here and I was thinking, oh, my God, I have the thing to say, the thing to say, right, you know. Um, but what I realized working this program and being a part of the fellowship is that there are no original ideas. You know, I'm not so unique. I'm not so brilliant. I'm not so any of that stuff. All of that comes from another source. Um, it's a universal source, the higher power. Um, we all have our name for it. Um, the book has multiple names for it. Um, but I had this vision in my head of dandelions, and um, so the, uh, my dear fellow friend who spoke about the garden, and I thought, well, now I don't have anything to share, but I'd like to share that because um, I, I notice things, and sometimes, you know, you're walking down the street, and here amidst the concrete uh, jungle, you see some little things sprouting up between the cracks, and uh, often it's a quote-unquote weed. Um, dandelions are considered weeds. Um, This little dandelion comes up between the cracks, um, lovely little sweet tiny yellow flower um, that eventually turns into the little puffball that we blow on and make a wish. And in so doing, all of these little uh, delicate seeds fly off into all directions, you know, the twos and threes and fives that spring up everywhere. Um, And it's pretty miraculous. They get in between those cracks and you know, that was Bill W. coming up out of the, the concrete. I mean, it's like you look out there, you don't see anything alive. And, and that was me, you know, my dead soul amidst the concrete. And 
with the power of the, the sunlight again and a little bit of water and some some tenacity, you know, that's what we're tenacious um, coming up between that crack. And as it relates to my own life, I'll talk about a miracle. You know, I heard that in the first share and throughout here, we're talking wholesale miracle. That's this, this paragraph. Um, had an experience after 11 and a half hours of a really literally brutal shift at my work. And I realized that I came to the end rather than taking things personal and being in my little bubble and complaining and grousing, if not even just inside my head, I looked around as I went through the day and I noticed everyone was having just as rough of a day as I was. Everyone was struggling. And I found myself um, reaching out and helping my fellows and really genuinely being there to care for my patients and to do whatever I could to make their uh, experience um, better to make their uh, situation better and all of my coworkers. And I realized at the end of the day, it's like, wow, God, you've changed my heart. I mean, I certainly put in my effort and my will as a result of doing this work. Um, but ultimately it's God that changed my heart. And I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful for all, all of you, my little dandelion friends. Um, and I'd love to hear some more shares. So I'm in a pass. Thanks again, Katie. Have a great day, everyone. Thanks. Thank you, Dana. Okay, um, Aaron Kay, you're up, followed by Jennifer C. Hey, everybody. This is Aaron Kay, recovered compulsive overeater in Michigan. Um, first of all, this meeting is like, totally filling up my spiritual tank. So thank you to everybody who shared. <clears throat> I I love this word wholesale. I, I like when kind of funny phrases, you know, stick out and um, maybe words I wouldn't have expected to be you know, to be there or there. And it, it I, I had to Google it. So it means the selling of goods in large quantities to be retailed by others. And I love that because, it, I mean, in our case, we aren't selling anything. We're giving this away for free. Um, you know, it's like really what we're giving away is this, this our experience, our experience, individual experiences of our miracles. Like, and it's a message that life can be different and you can be different and you don't have to continue to hurt yourself with food. And it's intended to be passed on, amplified, um, resold, retailed. Um, I, I, you know, and these, this miracle that I hear fellows talk about these deep internal rearrangements that defy explanation and that has been my experience as well and what i know for myself and i'm hearing in other shares is that my miracle started with a phone call a call into this meeting introducing myself getting a lot of phone calls from people including a woman that agreed to sponsor me and and i also have experienced relapse and my miracle out of that was I made a call I was afraid to make to somebody who, again, agreed to, you know, to help me. And, um, and I'm, I, you know, I'm glad I'm not the only one. And so if you're sitting in isolation today, just connect, get connected, make a phone call, answer the phone when someone calls you, introduce yourself if you've never introduced yourself um, at the end of this meeting get connected because that's how the miracle starts. And with that, I'll pass. 
Thank you, Aaron K. Okay, Jennifer C., you're up, followed by Stephanie R. Hi there, good morning. This is Jennifer C. in Ohio. Um, I too did the whole definition thing too. Um, I, I I just cracked me up when I first started attending these meetings when people said they'd look up a definition. I'm like, I know what that word means. But when they read the definition, it's like, whoa, now I know what that word means. So I love it um, how folks look up definitions. So I too looked up wholesale. And what um, triggered me there was large quantities. And as a compulsive overeater, large quantities was my daily experience volume, volume. And now the volume I experience comes through the daily blessings, these miracles from God that I am, um, that I can see. I can now see all of these uh, miracles that are happening around me, that have happened to me because of my focus, because of this book, how it's helped me to align my focus with God's will so that I can hear his inspiration and I can hear the inspiration from all of the little nuggets of wisdom imparted by my fellow travelers um, through this meeting um, and through my face-to-face -face meeting. And I am so grateful for the twos and threes that formed both of those meetings. Um, the other um, definition that I always, always love um, is hope. And hope isn't like, oh, maybe it'll happen. Hope is a it's it's a certain thing that um, <clears throat> it's it's an expect, expectation for a certain thing to happen, and that certain thing is my decision to turn my will and my life over to the care of God, not turn it over to the food and my disease, and um, and I also really really love the visual imagery of the dandelion from the previous share, and I, I want to thank for, thank her for that as well. And um, just have a blessed day, and I pass. Thank you, Jennifer C. Okay, Stephanie R., you're up, followed by Kathy J. Good morning, my friends and fellows. This is Stephanie R. from Missouri. Um, like so many, I think like all of us who came into these rooms, I came in because I, I didn't understand my relationship with food. I didn't understand why I couldn't eat food like a normal person, and it was learning through this program that I'm not normal when it comes to food, and I'm very grateful I got that lesson. But for me to stay, the miracle, and I, I didn't come for a miracle. I came for help with food. The miracle is that I realize I am not the director. I'm not the producer. I have a role in my life, and that role is to turn over my will and my life to my higher power, that, that's what I'm here for. That is a miracle because for me in my life, all I wanted to do was control, 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 direct, direct, direct. And even to today, even today, I have to wake up and turn over my will to my higher power because I got up feeling I, I wanted to control a situation at work that truly has nothing to do with me. And, um, the miracle is that I can say, I can turn this over to my higher power, walk into my office and say, my role is just to be here and to be directed by God. Um, I'm grateful that I have a neutrality with food. I'm very grateful that I can look into the next few days and say that I don't have to focus on how much I'm going to eat or what I'm going to eat. That's, that's uh, 
a gift from this program, and that too is a miracle. I just have not shared in a long time, and I wanted to put my voice out there to say that I stay for the miracles every single day, and I'm so grateful that you are here to share your miracles with me, because when I hear those miracles, I know that I too can have a miracle, and the miracle is just I have a higher power that is directing every aspect of my life, and I'm so grateful, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Stephanie R. Okay, Kathy J., you're up, followed by Toby K. Hi, everybody. Kathy J. in Chicagoland. Um, You know, I was thinking about this paragraph. Thanks, everybody, for your comments, because obviously it's a fact that OA has cropped up all over the place. And I think about COVID and when everything got shut down, and um, I had just gotten off a relapse, and I had been working it with the big book every day with another person, and because I would read the steps from the 12 and 12, but I didn't get the directions. And so anyway, everything got shut down, and then all of a sudden, the same miracle happened. It started cropping up on Zoom, cropping up on the phone, and then later on, the the face-to-faces started cropping back up. So there's something, um, it's a mystery, something about this um, fellowship that was allow, allowed me to go. I mean, in my top weight, I was 217. At my bottom weight, I was 86. And I'm five feet. So, um, so that up and down was taken. Getting up in the middle of the night was taken. And all the other stories that you've already heard um, are proof. And... Um, You know, there is a universal mind, there is a creator, there is a God, there is gift of orderly direction. And I had to get to the point where, I I needed to get to a point where I could trust a power greater and um, set my ego aside and my fear aside and um, just come to believe in step two that I was going to recover again after the relapse. And sure enough, I did, because I did what the instructions say. And something good happens here, because it, that's what's attracting people. And I just got a new newcomer. You know, she I knew she was going to ask me, but she's so full of joy. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, thank you so much for asking me. You are such a joy. And um, And to be able, she doesn't understand the big book, and I'm interpreting it for her but it's that giving through each other that grows the fellowship, but also maintains the fellowship. And I'm grateful that um, for the people who did Zoom, you know, have done Zoom, and there's still Zoom meetings, but I love my face-to-face. I love to look people in the eye, and I can do that because the steps. And I have maintained, um, you know, the weight loss, but the psychic change is more important to me. I don't, uh, like someone said, when I eat something uh, off my food plan, which I don't, um, I would get hungry, not satisfied. And so, yeah, study normal and then study us. And, you know, what we've got is a good thing. And thanks, everybody. And thanks for uh, for chairing the meeting. And um, I'll keep coming back. Thanks. With that, I'll pass. Thank you so much, Kathy J. And Toby K., you're up, and we might have time for one more one- or two-minute share. We'll see. Um, hi, it's Toby K. Uh, from Long Island, New York. Um, boy, these 
fears blow me away. Um, people are so insightful. Um, I remember coming into this program also uh, many years ago, and even though I wasn't uh, quote unquote perfect, uh, I I just hung around. There was something here that I needed. It just drew me in. Uh, people were honest. People shared. People were authentic, and you don't find that in in, um, in, in regular crowds, uh, which I I didn't find it in regular groups. So I really appreciate this meeting and um, all the OA meetings that keep on going. You just keep on going, and it it feeds me. And uh, thank you so much for letting me share. I pass. Okay, Toby, thank you so much. So we have time for one more two-and-a-half-minute share. Who would like to take that spot? Hi, this is Victoria J. I'd like to talk. Okay, thank you. Go ahead, Victoria. You have two minutes. Uh, good morning, everyone. Uh, this is actually my very first meeting with this group uh, and third we meeting total. So excuse me, this is my first share over the phone. Um, but I wanted to share, uh, I actually make a career of studying the brain. Uh, and the frustration that I have had is that I can understand so much about the brain and why it does what it does and why we think the way we think, and yet I still can't control my own. Um, and I would get so frustrated because my perspective or the lens that I see everything in is triggers. This triggers me. That triggers me. Um, and it was actually in reading a book that this concept of what is the opposite of a trigger is a glimmer. And a glimmer is something that sparks joy or is viewed as miraculous. And when you start to shift your lens into finding glimmers, you see less triggers. And so I, for the last couple of days, have really made a point of focusing on even the smallest of glimmers throughout my day. And wouldn't you know, they have this magnifying effect. They completely change your mood. They completely change your perspective. Um, you no longer feel very much the, the victim or woe is me, but you feel like, oh, my gosh, I am abundantly blessed. I am a living miracle. Um, and I'm just so thankful. <laughs> so sorry. I've been uh, walking for two hours, so I'm a bit out of breath, but um, just so abundantly blessed and thankful to be here, and I'm very thankful to the people who shared this uh, meeting with me, if they're listening. Shout out to our Louisiana group. Um, but uh, with that, I pass. Okay. Thank you so much, Victoria, and welcome. Welcome to OA. Welcome home. Okay. So let me find my script here. Um, Thank you to everyone who shared. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following the closing. And the share ID for today, Tuesday, November 21st, 7 a.m. meeting is 20,851. 
That's 20851. And we will now close with the reading from the big book on 64, followed by the Serenity Prayer. Will Susan S.H. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Thank you, Katie. This is Susan S.H. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from in Ohio. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it if your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit. And you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. Pass.